You're listening to While I Laughed, part one of Illegal Drinking, Michael Malloy, the Rasputin of the Bronx. Okay, anyway. Uh, <laughs> welcome. Um, welcome to the first episode of While I Laughed. So we recorded originally the first two episodes in... I don't even know. I think February. I think it was like I had a weekend off in February. And we're it like, was yeah, let's do this. February, and the audio quality was poor. And me and my ADHD brain thought I could figure it out. And then I gave up and gave it to a friend. Um, you did also then give this audio to a third person. I did give who it did to essentially a th- the exact same thing the second person did. And it was not good. And at this point, I just said, Grant has already offered to re-record in my stubborn <laughs> yeah, dear, dear listener, I offered that up right away. Because we were, were new to this. So we were like still learning and stuff. I was like, listen, I could definitely tell that story better, you know? Like, as Cher once said, if I could turn back time, if <laughs> I could find a way. But we can't. And so now we're re-recording no. episodes one and two, knowing what we're doing. And then we're going to jump back to, I don't even know what we were talking about in March, but I think it was funny. I remember chuckling at the episodes when I put them later. (laughs) Also, one last thing, dear listener. Um, You could hear me. That was not the issue. (laughs) (laughs) Grant was coming through loud and clear. In fact, as two different sound tech people said, a little too loud, a little too clear. Um, So we're going to work on that, too. And my audio is, like, way back here. Maya's, like, in the corner. She's like, that's funny. (laughs) and if that isn't what our personalities are like in real life you'll be sorely disappointed we're doing our best well i'm giving like 83 percent maya is absolutely doing her best grant is doing uh he's showing up i am when i say i (laughs) huge (laughs) it's 10 minutes late (laughs) so um welcome to the first episode of well i laugh this right here is maya warner purveyor of many things, (laughs) but today an excellent story that we're excited to hear. And this is Grant, a public school teacher. Yes. End of sentence. We have full bios and I, listen, I thought our bios were so fun. I forced several children to (laughs) listen to them as I read them out loud. Do you want to read your bio now? Do you, do you want to read your bio right now? Yeah, we can do that. Is that how we want to start this podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you know, she's Maya. I'm Grant. Maya, let's oh, let's need, read our bios. I need to find it first. It's all just saved in our very long text message. <laughs> yeah, We're running a whole business in these comments. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> right, I found Maya's. Horrible business model. I found Maya's. Okay. Okay. Maya is originally from the suburbs of Denver, Colorado, and will take any and every opportunity to remind everyone that she's a rare Colorado native. True. Huge eye roll emoji. Also, I think Colorado local is the thing. I don't think we're using the word native anymore. Oh, that's a, probably a very fair yeah, point. I'm just like alive on, on camera, just letting you know. <laughs> Having ADHD and a love of approximate knowledge of many things has led her into many serendipitous adventures. I did have to tell kids what serendipitous was. Oh, that's good. Starting this podcast being one of them. If you've ever gone down an internet search rabbit hole, you'll love the stories she shares. And you will. I can testify. Oh, that's right. Outside of the podcast, because it has become our full personality, personality. she lives with her fiancé, Casey, and two dogs, Monet and Bowser. She has a BS, which I believe stands for Bachelor of Science, in (laughs) chemical and biochemical engineering, and works as a project engineer for an engineering consulting firm, working with clients such as Starbucks, 
Oatly, and Pepsi. Yeah. When she reads mine, you have to keep in mind that, like, public school teachers don't work with Pepsi, so I had to kind of, like, get creative on the fringes. <laughs> yeah, I just said that to show off and make Grant uncomfortable. <laughs> so I showed up. <laughs> <laughs> this is Grant. Grant survived growing up in Nebraska to accomplish every Midwest kid's dream. Moving away after paying, <laughs> after paying in-state tuition for college. After a year in California, he landed in Denver in the summer of 2016. He is a public school teacher and has grown accustomed to a semi-willing audience. Can I say, too, when I read the survived growing up in Nebraska part, one kid was like, isn't that a little harsh? <laughs> and I was like, well, I was queer in Nebraska in 2010, so I think I kind of get to make the call on that one. Yeah, first of all, <laughs> shut your mouth. Exactly. <laughs> first of all, yes. <laughs> Oi. Okay. Recently, parentheses, and proudly, absolutely thirty. I know I barely look thirty-three. <laughs> Grant lives on Denver's west side, famously pet-averse and fortunately single. He parents several plants. I do. He hikes, hosts dinner parties, and once met Dave Franco. I did. He earned his Bachelor of Science in Education in 2015. Six feet tall, if that matters. So five foot <gasps> nine. Dave Franco is actually really short in person. We're gonna have to edit that out. <laughs> Famously pediverse. I don't know what else to tell you. And so we're just, you know, most of you we have, I think, friend guilted into listening to this. But if you're a stranger, welcome. We hope you're not a stranger long. And also, I've decided now that we've been doing this podcast, we've recorded six episodes, yeah, including these two that we're re-recording. <laughs> um, I'm gonna host. Uh, a betting ring for how many episodes it takes before Tyler Pritchard <laughs> listens to our podcast. And I think it'll be fun. I think we'll get to probably like 50 before he even looks at it. I actually was tell I was going to talk to you about this. Now it feels like a perfect time. Yeah. Do you want to do a premiere party like on your rooftop? Yes. yes. And then we can post stuff on our Instagram stories. And at that party, take bets on how long it takes Tyler to listen to it. And then on our Instagram post, we can even link it to the podcast. Yes. And he still won't listen. <laughs> Tyler, we love you. Yes. Um, as you'll learn through listening to this podcast, Tyler Pritchard is how I met Grant, and he now lives in Europe and is just an absolute meme of a human being. And I, Tyler, if you are listening to this, I do mean that in a loving way most of the time. It's funny that Tyler is a meme because the Tyler I met of yours is a mime. <laughs> I have another friend, Tyler, who Grant met and he wore unironically a striped sweater with black pants yeah. and was the palest human I have ever interacted with <laughs> in a way that I thought he was intentionally trying to look like a French mime because it was kind of a costume party. Yep. Nope, this is just what he had on that day. Nope, he just had that on. It was great. Okay. Do you know what's great in an audio setting? Visual references. <laughs> I love visual references in our audio setting. So uh, for the people who keep clicking fast forward, let's get to the story. Um... <laughs> Maya, you have something to share with us tonight. Yeah, so this is the story. This is when Grant and I decided to do a podcast. This was the story that I immediately knew I wanted to do because it is um, my favorite true crime story from an another true crime podcast that I listened to. And the title of this story... The target demographic is white women, in case you were wondering. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> title um, of the story. <laughs> the title of the story, it has many titles. One is The Many Lives of Michael Malloy, Mike the Durable, Iron Mike, the Murder Trust, and the Rasputin of the Bronx. 
which is just so many How vibes. many of those are drag queen names somewhere in this country right now? I love that. I think the murder trust is definitely one of them. Murder trust has to be. <laughs> in murder we trust. I was going to make a joke about international conglomerates, but I don't know which ones are your clients right now. So I'll digress. <laughs> I will not make the joke. I'm just not allowed to comment. <laughs> For a while, I wasn't allowed to tell anyone that I was working, or like the project I was working on with mm. Pepsi, and it was hilarious everyone knew because sure. the project was in the denver post correct and we just weren't allowed to acknowledge Everyone's it. like, oh you're the person gentrifying rhino and you were like no i would never also it's a factory it's not like yeah. low-income housing <laughs> i'm not doing the lord's work i'm killing the planet one plastic bottle at a time but That's we okay. don't have to talk about that okay <laughs> So the murder trust. The murder trust. Okay. So the story takes place in the Prohibition era. Um, and for those of you who don't know, the Prohibition era began in January of 1920 and ended around December of 1933. Obviously, people were still drinking because that's what happens when you ban things that people are doing. They're going to find a Ask way. Ask any 19-year-old at a college right now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So obviously people were still drinking. Unfortunately, only the wealthy could afford good liquor. As it That's happens. still true. That, yeah. No, I mean it happens. <laughs> that's why we hope that's why we record these at your place. Like I don't know what else to tell you. He's poor. Um <laughs> Good, I'm glad that he's poor is then a laugh line. Really setting the tone early for this podcast. <laughs> your work is more fulfilling than mine. Not financially, but yeah, yeah in other ways, yeah, yeah. Other ways yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay, so poor people ended up in dive bars where not only alcohol was not good quality, but in desperate times, it was also laced with methanol, a.k.a. is wood alcohol, paint thinner, antifreeze, you know, stuff that you shouldn't be drinking. Because mm, you're, like, lame or... <laughs> <laughs> because it can't kill, kill you? you? Okay, yeah. is this one of the things they use to embalm dead bodies? That's a phenomenal question. I don't know the answer to that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else I was supposed to say to that. Okay. How is, so this is methane? Methanol. Methanol. And how is that different from methane? And then follow up from meth. What it, okay. Um, what's the Venn so, diagram of cow farts, wood paint thinner, and that thing that's really So methane right is a now. gas. <laughs> Methanol is an alcohol, which means it has an OH group attached to it. And meth is a good time. Got it. Okay, sweet. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly kidding. Mostly kidding. Um, so as we've addressed, methanol is very toxic, but it does get people drunk really quick. Sure. Uh, so people were drinking it. Uh, I don't know how many people knew about it, but they were drinking it. Between 1928 and 1932, New York was averaging about 780 deaths per year from alcohol poisoning alone. I'm sorry, I do, I don't, I hate to be that guy, but that feels like a pretty low number for an era when alcohol was literally poison. Yeah. Because, I mean, even today, New York has like 8 million people, you know? How, look up the population of New York I in the 1920s. Keep I'd, going. Let's yeah, just okay. this, but I'll have a fun fact for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, New York was the height of the speakeasy nearing the end of the Prohibition era. Um, there were thousands and thousands of speakeasies selling methanol-laced liquor. Um, so the story that we're going to tell you occurs at a bar called the Mermaid Speakeasy, located... 
if you're wondering, I don't know what's there now, but if you're in New York, you can do a little digging. <laughs> um, was located on 3775 3rd Avenue in the Bronx. The Mermaid Bar. The Mermaid Speakeasy. Just one bar in a city of 7 million people in 1930. I did a quick Google oh, for you. Oh, look at that. Thank yeah. you. Okay, it was averaging 780 deaths per year. Feels pretty low. In, like, the city of Do you New think York? it was, like, a thing where, like, people were dying of alcohol poisoning and then not reporting it? Because it That's was That's also true. That... Can we trust the crime statistics? That's none of my business. <clears throat> I don't have a nice tea, You gotta drink a lot of it. That's what gets the jingle to go. <laughs> okay. So this bar, the Mermaid Speakeasy, was owned by a man named Tony Marino. By 1932... Um, the speakeasy was not doing so well. People were not paying their tabs and the business was going under because as you remember, only the poor people were going to these bars. It's tough for small businesses in any decade. <laughs> shop small, babe. <laughs> Tony Marino has a shop small sticker in his window. <laughs> okay, so people are not paying their tabs and the business is going under. Um, since the booze is... Since the booze available was not high quality, he used... The free food available. Oh my god, I can't read today. Hey, you gotta really knock that out. What's going on? I don't know what's happening. As Zach Efron's character Troy Bolton said <laughs> in the pivotal, like 2009, 8, 7 movie, Musical. I don't know. I don't know what year, and I'm really not old. The joke I am. is 7 Get your head <laughs> in the game, Maya. Get your head in the game. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I haven't read these notes since February, okay? I'm doing my best. Cordon Blue would be really disappointed in you. I can't disappoint him. <laughs> He's my father figure. Um, okay, since the booze available was not high quality, he used free food available at the bar for the people. So nice. I know I played this game last time we recorded, but that was several months ago. What do you think the free food he had available was? I legitimately don't remember. Um, is it like, listen, I'm still kind of in a tinned fish era. Is it tinned fish? Yeah, sardines. Oh, shut up. I got it yeah. kind of close. Yeah, there's some other things, Good though. for me. That's a big win. I could use that today. That's good. <laughs> Keep guessing. It's tin fish and methanol? That's alcohol. Okay. Um, and then bread. I'm just trying to think, like, what would I, what do I want to accompany my tin fish? <laughs> Roasted so, tomatoes. <laughs> that's true. Listen, we love a bruschetta here. Oh, like a little sriracha, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> in 1930, tenement housing New York. <laughs> the midst of the Great Depression. <laughs> Uh, oysters, sardines, oh. and lunch meat. So this is like a nice place. <laughs> I don't know that I'd say that. I don't know that the oysters are high quality. How long do you think the lunch meat was out for? Because I've been to parties in the Midwest. And Too those long. things those things greet everybody at the party. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. In parentheses next to lunch meat, I have ew. <laughs> so. I love how the lunch meat is what you got grossed out by. Yeah. And not the like day old room temp oysters. oysters. Um, I just... Ignore oysters every time I do see you, them. I, this frankly. is actually now a legitimate question. Do you think the fish was because they were called the Mermaid Bar and they were going for a theme, or was that just what was available? It had to at be what time? was available because it's New York. You're like they're like, listen, everyone loves chicken sliders, but <laughs> but we're not the barnyard. We are the Mermaid Bar, so we will be serving dangerous fish to the customers <laughs> someone was really invested in the branding who here. doesn't love a chickpea slaw everyone does we can't serve it it's 1930s tenement house in new york we are serving oysters god forbid that we don't 
<laughs> okay, one of the regulars at the bar was named Francis Pasqua, who was an undertaker. And I didn't know what an undertaker was, sure. um, so I had to look it up. An undertaker, noun, a person whose business is preparing dead bodies for bur- burial? Mm-hmm. Burial. Bur- for burial? <laughs> I really can't read today. <laughs> uh, burial or cremation and making arrangements for funerals. So Pasqua presents an idea to Tony Marino, the owner of the bar, and some of their friends, whose names are Daniel Kreisberg, John McNally, Joe Maglioni, Tin Ear Smith, and Tough Tony Bastone. <laughs> hey, I know we're about to die in a plane crash, but are you going to have your biscotti? That is all I can think of with any of those names. I can just see them, like, coming out of the shadows, <laughs> yeah. snapping. Snapping. Did yeah. someone say Stephen Sondheim's dead? Because <laughs> he lives in this story. <laughs> na, 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 na. Anyways. Yep, exactly. That's probably trademarked. I probably shouldn't be saying that kind of stuff. Yeah, he's dead. Um... So a group of Italians <laughs> <laughs> in a bar serving raw room temperature meats yeah. and fish yeah, so... are like, there's this guy. Yeah, so the bartender Joe Murphy also becomes involved. This group of people um, will later be dubbed the, quote, murder trust, as we mentioned Mm. previously. Pasqua suggests that they take out a life insurance on this man, Michael Malloy, and then kill him and collect on the life insurance money and Mm. use it to save the bar. Michael Malloy is not a well-known guy. It's thought that he came from Ireland in the late 19th, early 20th century and was around 60 Though no one knows, which is so sad to me. Also, I think this is actually what the show It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is based on. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so this no-name drifter of ambiguous origin Mm -hmm. falls into this bar with a pretty decent lunch buffet. Yep. Okay. <laughs> so he has no support system. They know he doesn't have friends, doesn't have family, as far as anyone can tell. And he works um, as a street cleaner and does other oddball jobs to make money. Um, what was known was that he was drunk most of the time mm. and was a familiar face throughout the crappier speakeasies in the area. <laughs> this was a quote from like someone who knew of him. Um, it was, he drank until his arm was tired from holding the bottle. <laughs> And that's why you can't skip arm day? Like, I don't know what to say about that. (laughs) Okay, Like, all work has dignity, but, man. Yeah, that... You know So they really think they find themselves, like, a prime suspect here. So Marino hires Malloy to sweep the floors and stock the bottles at the bar, since he's already there so often, and pays him in alcohol. Um, And if it's not clear, he does not pay his tab, just in general. So um, I'm sure he's... Still putting Who's Marino in the red. serving him? Listen, it got to a point where, like, as friends, when one of us hosts a party, everyone brings something, you know? Mm-hmm. And there's, like, social pressure if you don't. So, like, who's still serving this man who is not paying ever, yeah. you know? I don't know. It's a bad business practice. It does not sound like he has incredible upper body strength, so I think you could <laughs> win a fight. <laughs> Okay, so Marino had previously hired him to sweep the floors, stock the bottles, um, and the, through his time here, he started drinking more and more, working less and less, so Marino eventually cut him off since he wasn't paying his tab and business was bad. And then Pasqua presents the idea of killing Malloy. <laughs> um, Marino had done similar cons before, 
prior to Michael Malloy, he had befriended and taken out a life insurance policy for $2,000 in the 1920s. So for infinity money. Yeah, which seems like an infinite money hack. Um, And then uh, then killed a homeless woman whose name was Mabel Carlson. Um, Hmm. By force feeding her alcohol, stripping her down, dousing her bed in ice water, and left her bed beneath an open window. Listen, I know that the murder trust, shocker, not full of good guys. No. But what a terrible thing to do to a person yeah so there are different stories for how they got the life insurance policy one source says um francis pasqua convinced malloy to take out the life insurance policy on his own since he was a drunk sure um another source said marino tricked malloy into signing a document for the life insurance policies under the guise that they were to get marino elected for local political (laughs) office vote blue no matter who you know like i hear it i support it is they were like, I'm sh- running for office. <laughs> you are going to be local drunk from Ward 4. Huge responsibility. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, several others <laughs> say Pasquale used an acquaintance to call himself Nicholas Mellory, which was a na- made-up alias for Michael Malloy, and that the bartender, Joe Murphy, pretended to be Joseph Mellory. They took Malloy, and the best they could come up with was Mellory. They really, <laughs> these people are not good at their jobs. If they're crime bosses, they Listen, if your fired. business is failing, the one thing I do assume you have in this situation is some time <laughs> <laughs> to, like, think out the finer details of it all, but good for them. So, yeah. the trap is set. Yeah. Insurance fraud. Yeah, they Love have it. somehow obtained a life insurance policy. Whatever way they got the policies, what matters is they got three life insurance policies on this man with a total payout of $3,500 to the murder trust. Um, some sources disagree. The values varies between 800 and 3,500, with the most agreeing on 3,500. Today, 3,500 is a little over $60,000. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so then I... Inflation has not been as bad as I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> but also... Oh, okay. <laughs> $60,000? Like... But I guess we, we also have to keep in mind this is like the depths of the Great Depression, you know? Yeah. That, yeah, that's They're going to split one average annual salary Between amongst four people. More than four. That's a huge yikes. Like Pasqua, Marino, Dan, John, Joe, Tindier, Tough Tony, I, and Joe. That's eight people. I hate to say it, but it's kind of starting to make sense why their business is failing. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they have Not enough. the sharpest minds. <laughs> I think they have like three brain cells between the five of them. Or eight of them. I just did the math. Um. Counted with her fingers. <laughs> That's how I do all my math. I am an engineer. Uh, <laughs> some sources say the insurance policies would double if the payout of the death was an accident. Mm. So we are looking at $120,000? Yeah, but what is an accident? I feel like if you drink yourself to death, that's not an accident. Well, I mean, we could certainly tee off a larger conversation on, like, addiction, <laughs> you know? I don't know exactly. I don't know that insurance policies are I think if you're drunk and you fall down the stairs, that's an accident. Yeah. I think if there's a knife in your back, less of an less accident. Less of an accident. Yeah, yeah that's, that's fair. Um, <laughs> so now all they have all... Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so now all they had to do was let the alcohol run its course and get mm. Malloy to drink himself to death. With... Can I just go ahead and make like a guess here? Yeah. Um, the alcoholic lives, right? Because if my uh, if my experience with that particular disease 
not personally, right? But like in general, I'm 30. I've been on this earth for a while. It's that um, you wouldn't trust them with like a cat, but they're going to be around for a while. They're you know? like cockroaches. I mean, but talk about humans again. <laughs> Maya. <laughs> I think what you're trying to say is they're hard to kill. Like not that they're vermin. No, of course it's not what I meant. God damn it. <laughs> If I find out on a podcast that I have partnered with a neo-fascist, I mean, like, you're definitely the driver behind this, so I don't know what else I'm going to do, but be, like, super disappointed. (laughs) Everyone else already is. Okay, so I'm now curious as to how long it takes the alcohol to run its course. So they were under the impression he was already well on his way to killing himself um, with, like, drinking himself to death. So they start to treat him like an honored guest at the mermaid speakeasy. (laughs) So wait, they give him something to live for? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Tony Marino gave Malloy an open tab at the mermaid and tells him all of his previous debts to the bar are forgiven. And Marino says... He needs more bodies in the bar. And so Malloy will be the body in sure, the bar. Sure, absolutely. Um, so they made sure his glass was always refilled the second it got empty until he finally left late into the night saying he would return the next morning. This went on for three days, pausing only long enough for a sardine sandwich. <clears throat> this is a quote from a like an onlooker. His thirst was immense, but his buying ability limited, and mm. he often had to wait Late and long to be treated. When the tide began to flow, what did Malloy think? Perhaps he decided he was already dead and in paradise. How is that a sonnet? Like, that's insane. That that's is really from the well New Yorker. Written. I know. Did Fitzgerald write Swear that? Swear the culture is. Yeah. What else to say? <laughs> okay, so on the fourth day of drinking from sunrise to sunset, uh, he stumbled into the bar telling Marino, Boy, ain't I got a thirst? At this point, Marino's realizing his failing bar can't keep up with Malloy's thirst and that he'll go bankrupt before their plan succeeds. So tough Tony Bastone suggested shooting him in the head (laughs) per his name. That does kind of feel like something a man named Tough Tony would suggest. Yeah, exactly. He's like, (laughs) he's had too many, I don't know. He's on the roids. Uh, <laughs> He's just a thirst for blood or vengeance or life insurance payouts. Maybe. <laughs> All... But how do you make a shot to the head look like an accident? Yeah. Um, but the murder trust insisted on a more subtle approach. They d- decided to start poisoning him with wood alcohol, but subtly. These That's people don't deserve the payout. <laughs> like, what if we just switch? We're giving him Long Islands right now, but what if we give him tequila sunrises instead? <laughs> like, that's nuts. Uh, so they start by just giving him normal shots of gin and whiskey and then slowly adding more uh, more and more wood alcohol. This man is taking shots of gin? Yeah. He will never die. Like, those <laughs> people are immortal. They're built different. Have you ever been in a situation where, like, the lift is pulling up, you want one more round of shots, because it's cheaper to drink at home, it is. and you only have gin, and then you do it, and then you immediately regret it, and now you have to go be in a stranger's car? I have never once taken a shot of gin you don't need to yeah well okay i do not need to let me finish my sentence Mm, okay (laughs) i've never once taken a shot of gin and been like that's something i should do again oh 
Yeah, I really should have let you finish your sentence. It's not good. Even no. with, like, we drink better gin than I was five years ago. Still would not take no. a straight to the back of the throat shot of it. No. And they thought, what alcohol was going to put down this bison of a man? <laughs> Get an elephant gun. That's the only way to do it. <laughs> yeah, so they start by giving him normal shots of gin and whiskey and then slowly started adding more and more wood alcohol. But also, not shocked that a man who regularly takes shots of gin and then chases it with a shot of whiskey can just flawlessly transition to I wood can't alcohol. Drink like beer and then wine in the same night. Well, wine just has so much sugar in it these days. <laughs> I can't drink beer and then. If you no, just want to end it there, you just yeah. can't drink beer anymore. <laughs> yeah, I get it. <laughs> Okay, so for reference, drinks containing just 4% wood alcohol frequently cause blindness. (laughs) (laughs) And he's taking full shots of it. I bet his vision's improving. I bet he's like (laughs) one of those people. I bet he's actually like... like, Oh, wow, you you guys should really turn on the lights in here. (laughs) (laughs) He's like watching Tony Marino clean the bar, and he's like, you missed a spot. Right, 100%. He's like, oh, are these oysters bad? (laughs) I can finally see them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is the blindness temporary or permanent? I think it, it in low doses, is temporary, but can be permanent. Okay, good to know. If I remember correctly. Um, so he displayed no physical symptoms of poisoning other than those of just being normally drunk. Um, this is a quote from the New York Evening Post. He didn't know that what he was drinking was wood alcohol, and what he didn't know apparently didn't hurt him. <laughs> <laughs> he drank all the wood alcohol he was given and came back for more. Listen... I'm going to just interject real quick for a second. Um, I was once thrown out of the back bed of a truck in South Texas after a night at a bar called the Starlight Lounge. And it's a kind of fall, kind of like buck then fall that would have like broken many bones in my body. (laughs) But a combination of like expert technique in the air and then also the limpest body one could possibly have meant that other than a scraped up toe, mm-hmm. um, I was fine. So I get that Michael Malloy just gets a good buzz going. Yeah. And then he's like, let's just let's just roll with it, you know? Let's just <laughs> let's just go. You know, I should have a broken left leg and instead I have a cool story yeah. and an ego complex. <laughs> he that's on manifesting, my guy. Like, <laughs> this guy was like, I don't know what I'm drinking. And I don't care to ask. And I don't need to know. Yeah, and he was fine. Um, when this failed to work, they also tried lacing his drinks with antifreeze. Okay. <laughs> Turpentine, horse liniment, and rat poisoning. They did that all these under the sink? Like, what is going I on? I think they were buying it. Okay. At least some of it. Um, so deeper into the hole, the mermaid bar goes. Mm, okay. Yes, more money has gone into <laughs> Do this. Do you think they can write it off as a business expense? It's <laughs> a tax write-off. The IRS won't care. Uh, this continues for several nights in a row. Finally, Malloy crumples to the floor. They've done it. They check his pulse and breathing, which are slow and labored. They hear the death rattle. They're like, nice. fuck yeah. Malloy begins to snore. So he has sleep apnea. <laughs> they hear this man's sleep apnea. He just starts snoring. Like, imagine after like a week of this, you're like starting to think it's not going to happen. Dread is setting in. He finally crumples to the floor. You feel a sense of victory. And then he lets out a snore. Because <laughs> he's asleep it off a couple of days. He'll be fine. 
Walk it off, Honestly, walk it off. If he hadn't had so many sardine sandwiches, he'd still be upright, but he's kind of nappy. <laughs> <laughs> he's in a food coma. You know. He woke up a few hours later, sat up, rubbed his eyes, and said, Give me some of the old regular, me lad. <laughs> That's so cool. Shut up. I love that. <laughs> Give me some of the old regular. My vision's returned, and so has my thirst. That's so cool. He is single-handedly destroying the egos of these men. And he doesn't even know it. And that is something we all can strive for. What is for. Tinny or Tony going to do? Go back to being a Civil War reenactor? <laughs> I do not know how you get a nickname like that if that is not your job. But... I think if I remember right, he had a tin ear. I don't remember why. Or he sure, like. I'm, I'm sure he had a tin ear, and that's why he got the name. But the question is why, how, and when. Civil War. Yeah, yeah absolutely. you're right. You're right. <laughs> you know that thing that happened 70 years earlier in this conflict. <laughs> uh, tough Tony Bastone is really going through it. He's probably that. in the trenches right now. I don't know. <laughs> so, the Murder Trust decides that they need to start thinking of a new plan. They knew Malloy loved seafood, and they said, since booze wasn't working, let's poison his food, because that will work. (laughs) (laughs) They dropped oysters in some denatured alcohol, let them soak for days, and then served them to Malloy. When will they learn that alcohol cannot kill this man? I think alcohol is just making him stronger. Yes! What's the name of the the guy that is like born an old man and then Benjamin Button? Yeah, he's Benjamin Button, but with alcohol. How? And okay. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if the listeners follow that, then I don't need to raise any questions. Because alcohol should like slowly be degrading a human. Unless his body's like, we're just not going to touch anything he's putting into us right now, and just kind of passing <laughs> through just, just like a eurozone of alcohol, like not checking anything, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we need to go back to Tony Bisconi and just shoot the guy in the head. I really love every time you say one of these guys' names, because every time you say it, it gets further from the truth. <laughs> but it's always accurate. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. It's the memory that they deserve. <laughs> um, so Malloy ate several plates of oysters, and they're like, okay, he's going to go. He licked his lips and burped. Have you seen... So there's this YouTube series called Hot Ones mm-hmm. where celebrities eat yes, increase, yeah. okay, increasingly hot yeah. wings and answer questions. Yeah, yeah. Lord chowing down on like the hottest wing possible. Just like kind of like wipes her face and goes, this is legitimately like a delicious wing. <laughs> and now I'm cursed to say that every time I have wings, but it's like... <gasps> lemon pepper and garlic like, I cannot do anything spicy Same. at all I'm sure this guy's over here like these are legitimately like delicious oysters have you seen the one of what's the actress that plays Wednesday Adams Yep, that Jenna one. Ortega sure yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah she's yeah, yeah, the yeah. same way she was like this is actually like really good okay um <laughs> By this point, more people have become involved in the plot as he was becoming infamously difficult to kill because the murder trust can't keep their mouth shut. I get it, though. I would be kind of impressed by what he had survived. Yeah, I'd be telling... We're talking about it now. Yeah, (laughs) I'd be telling everyone, get a a single drink in me, and I'd be like, you'll never guess what me and my friends have been trying to do. So we've been doing this, like, crazy little side project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) When you're, like, out and, like, you're doing that thing where everyone's one-upping each other with their stories, and you know you're not supposed to say anything. I haven't told my mother about this podcast yet because <laughs> I keep waiting to like send her an episode and it's killing me. I'm sorry, Teresa. <laughs> Teresa, I know I'm sorry. exactly too. what you're talking about. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what's happening to these people. So 
killing Malloy at this point was less about the payoff and more about the pride, <laughs> which is a horrible sentence. <laughs> um, okay, so they know he loves seafood. They know he loves a sardine sandwich. They've tried the seafood. Seafood didn't kill him. So let's try the sardine sandwich. They let a tin of sardines rot for several days, mixed shrapnel in with the sardines. <laughs> so there's a World War One veteran in this group. Probably uh, Tinier Tony. <laughs> I think his name is Tinier Smith. We don't need to we don't need to backtrack it. We don't need to run the tape back on it. It's, it's Tinier. Everyone Smith. in the story is called Tony yep, except it's all Michael Tony. Malloy. <laughs> Okay, so they knew he loved a sardine sandwich. They mixed shrapnel in with his rotted sardines. The shrapnel includes shredded tin, carpet tacks, and broken glass. Into the, uh, They mixed that into the sardines and served it to him in between some bread, thinking the shrapnel would cut through his organs. Yeah, 100%. Malloy finished the sandwich and asked for another. And went, this is legitimately a delicious wing. <laughs> More of the old regular, my lad. <laughs> Do you think it was a texture thing? Do you think he like ended up really like, mm, like this is He's nice. like, wow, this has some nice like... If you ever use panko breadcrumbs, kind of like a similar phenomenon, I think. <laughs> He's like, I love the like crunch you managed to get with... Did you yeah. toast the bread? What is that? Is this, this, is this a... Is this Did a you bri- sear it? Is this a brioche? What is going <laughs> on right now? Sourdough. Sure, 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 yeah, yeah. sure. But... Uh, yep, of course. <laughs> So grain. <laughs> they're like, well, shit, we can't kill him with food or booze. So let's regroup, retry. <laughs> so remembering Mabel Carlson, which is the other person that they've already murdered. They've already murdered. Right. Um, they suggest that they ice Malloy down and leave him outside overnight in the New York winter. This seems like a foolproof plan. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Um, they did just that. They left him on a park bench and they waited until he had drank himself unconscious, iced him down, left him on a park bench, stripped him down, dumped bottles of ice water all over him. The next morning when Marino opened up, he found Malloy half frozen in the basement. I, one, good for Malloy. I too have woken up in strange places after drinking too much, so I get that. (laughs) Two, not to be like really sad here for a second, but Malloy probably thought he had like some really good friends. And they were actually trying to murder him. And I know, I know there's like actual crimes being committed, but I think we need to take a minute to acknowledge the like crime of friendship that the murder trust is committing on a man who I'm sure has his rough edges, but does not come short when it comes to trusting (laughs) others. And as a person who's now 30 and really working on that, protect this man okay that's all i'm trying to say i have never heard a more loud and clear plea for friendship (laughs) girl i'm great Uh, i don't trust a lot but otherwise i'm good we'll put an application on our patreon if you want to be friends with grant i want to know that if if you bring the wrong side to my dinner party i'll be like are you trying to sabotage me like um trust Every time I'm like at a coffee shop or something doing my own thing and like the the two women at the table next to me start whispering, immediately I know they're talking about me. They're not. Because you're hot or like No, they're talking shit about me. Like I, I haven't said that. a word, but I know it. A lot of women talk about their upcoming divorces, I think, oh, in yeah. whispered tones. 
Maya's recently engaged. <laughs> You'll find out in episode five. <laughs> <laughs> Six, actually. Not a lie. It's not a lie. Okay, so this man whose friends are yep. betraying him. Betraying his trust. They find him in a basement? Yes. So he had woken up, walked the half mile back to the bar, and convinced the bartender who was in on this, Joe Murphy, <laughs> to let him in. So they got a soft spot. Yeah, Joe Murphy's like nice. probably surprised that he's even alive. Joe Murphy, only man not named Tony in this story. Other than Michael Malloy. <laughs> I was like, come on in, you crazy cat. <laughs> if you manage to get here, you should live. That's how I would be, though, honestly. Like, you've worked hard. He went back to a safe space. Like, this is a violation of friendship. <laughs> so he woke up and complained of a, quote, we chill. <laughs> so another round of the regular lads. <laughs> yeah. Give me that, the old regular. Need some of that good wood varnish to get the blood pumping. <laughs> Hair on the dog, if you will. <laughs> um, by this time, it's almost February of the following year. So much alcohol has been so consumed. So much alcohol. And it's time for them to pay the insurance policy premiums. <laughs> <laughs> because it's been like the six months. <laughs> a tough Tony mm. hired a cab driver, Harry Green, to run Michael Malloy over for $150. <laughs> Which is added more people to the trust. Which is twenty six hundred dollars today. Would you? Don't want to answer that <laughs> for legal purposes. I can't answer that. It's a person certified to drive children. Of course not. <laughs> Grant Thomas said officially on the record. Okay, I'm a public school teacher. <laughs> I could really use $2,600. I thought about becoming Stu co-chaperone no. for less. Not only does Grant need friends, he also needs a side hustle. $500 would fix a couple things. <laughs> Same. Okay, so they all pile into the cab, um, into Harry Green's cab with a very drunk Malloy to get farther from the speakeasy <laughs> because that's going to really clear them of all doubt. Good. They got him out of the car to get him ready to be run over. He had to be held up by tough Tony and Murphy um, to be hit by a car. <laughs> Malloy manage, manages to drunkenly get out of the way of this car racing towards him. Not once, but twice. Hey, this is tough Tony and you're watching Jackass. <laughs> Like, tell me that's not the vibe of them trying to set up Michael Malloy. No, you gotta stop following us. You gotta stand there for a second. Just chill, just chill. Meanwhile, there's a taxi idling, like, 20 feet away. Well, in my imagination, they're, like, holding him up. Like, one of yes. them is holding him up. And then they run, run. out of the way when the cab comes. And then Michael Malloy's like, ah, shit. We're running? <laughs> I better run if my friends are running, if the people I trust with my life are running. <laughs> I gotta follow! <laughs> Which is just horrible. <laughs> so, by the third attempt, Green is speeding up. Um, he drove at him at 50 miles per hour and hit him. So Malloy is hit by the car, rolls over the hood, and hits the ground on the other side. Like they did in the office to Meredith. <laughs> Good, okay, continue. <laughs> I love after that when he <laughs> offers to drive people to the hospital. Are we talking about Michael Malloy or no, Meredith the from office. the office? Michael Scott is like, they're 
they're like or organizing carpools. He's like, I can take four. <laughs> Stanley is like, you hit a person with your car today. And he's like, everyone in the car was fine. <laughs> And that's, I'm sure there was actually a very similar conversation. That's Harry Green. Because <laughs> Molloy doesn't die in this event, does he? Well, you'll find out. Oh, well, let's find out. Jesus. <laughs> Patience. Okay. <laughs> um, for good measure, uh, Green then backs over I him. I love that. <laughs> Green is like, I'm getting paid good money for this. So um, they were... They were sure he was dead at this point, um, but an approaching car was coming, and so they had to escape the scene. So the approaching car forced them to leave the scene before they could actually ensure that he was dead. The murder trust, after this, couldn't find him. They, like, circled back around after the car passed. Couldn't find him. They called... I love horror movies like that. Because you, you don't know. Like, is he going to appear behind... There's 100%. a jump scare coming. He's in the backseat of the car. <laughs> the call's coming from inside the house. His friends ran, so so did he. He, he ran. Malloy's a ride or die. <laughs> I would love to have Malloy as a friend. Two friendship applications will be going on the Patreon account. I also need friends. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, so they called all of the nearby morgues and hospitals to attempt to locate Malloy, but no information turned up and nothing was reported to the newspapers. So Pasqua was about to decide to kill any random drunk to pass him <laughs> off as Malloy. Which feels like should have been way sooner in the list of plans. Should have been before the premium on the insurance policy was due. Right, right. Yeah, so... But then, five days after he had been hit by the car, Malloy entered the bar, limping and bandaged, and greeted them with, I sure am dying for a drink. <laughs> if I had been hit by a car, I would be too. <laughs> do, you think he, do you think he rehearsed his opening line on his way back to the bar? I hope so. I hope he was in the bathroom of the hospital, just like, doing it. Are we just those kind of people, yeah. or is that a universal human experience? Let us know. <laughs> yes, please. We are the type of people that have a podcast, so I don't know that I trust our opinion. And yet to be published. Podcast. I'm working on it. Uh, okay, so he had suffered a broken shoulder, a concussion, and a fractured skull. During this five days, several sources said the murder trust did succeed in trying to kill another drunk. <laughs> By the name of Joseph Matrick Murray, they put Malloy's ID on him and ran him over. But similar to the past incident, they were scared from the scene and didn't collect the body. This incident was witnessed by someone who wrote down the taxi license plate number, and he survived the incident, too. So this group literally cannot kill anybody. Anyone. God was looking down on them and said, stop, I'm giving you every opportunity to get out of this. <laughs> they just keep if you going. just stopped doing your stuff right now, literally no nothing, one would know. Nothing. And would you'd have a best friend for life. <laughs> <laughs> you could find someone else and then get Malloy to kill them. Do you for... know what this story is really telling me? Mm. A lot fewer just dead people on the streets than I envisioned for this time of like history. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Apparently, hard to find an unclaimed dead body. <laughs> Who would have thought? Certainly not me. The man with a degree in history education. Not me. <laughs> okay, so they had asked Malloy about the incident. Um, Malloy said he couldn't remember anything but the taste of whiskey, the slap of night air, the glaring rushing of lights, and then black. And then he Malloy's remembers... so cool. <laughs> 
Like he's cool. That's a cool thing to say. Such a cool I've fallen off of a moving truck and had less to say about the experience. <laughs> and then he remembers waking up at the hospital and only wanting to get back to his best friends at the bar. Exactly. This really is It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, too, by the way. To be fair, he didn't say his best friends. He just said he wanted to get back to the bar. But I added that in for effect. Appreciate the historical accuracy. You're welcome. Uh, so the murder trust finally concocted another plan. Good. To kill Malloy. Thank God. Honestly. On February 21st of 1933, Malloy was found in tenement housing less than a mile from Marino's speakeasy. Dead. Oh. He yeah, had she a, pulled it off. They did. It took it took over six months. <laughs> um, he had a rubber tube stuck in his mouth running to a gas light fixture. Holy fuck. Oh my god. That's so horrific. For Michael's sake, I think I kind of would have opted falling asleep drunk and then freezing to death in my sleep. That sounds awful. There was a oh towel wrapped god. around his face to secure the tube and he died in 20 minutes. Well, I mean, I guess in that sense, that's kind of good. But... <laughs> oh, my God. Horrible. Moment of silence for Michael Malloy. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A man that was poisoned with gas by his best friends. If you guys are, this would be no to a party. I have to, like, not take it personally. <laughs> God. So Pasqua, our Undertaker friend, uh, Pasqua's friend, who is also an Undertaker. <laughs> that was confusing. Really in the death business. Yeah, okay. Pasqua's friend, who's also an Undertaker, filed a death report citing pneumonia and alcoholism as mm. the cause, which seems very believable. I mean, not wrong. Well, there was a lot of gas in his system. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I have cheese. <laughs> I'll never stop. But I will always then be sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the murder trust, finally able to collect their payout of sure. not a lot of finally money. Finally able to break even on this latest endeavor. Maybe. I think they might have still been in the red. So if you remember correctly, they um, had three life insurance policies. One of them was $800. This one was Metropolitan Life Insurance. So that one they collected. Um, this was split solely between Murphy and Marino. So the bartender and the bar owner. Who used the money to buy a new suit each? It's mm. an expensive Feels suit. Feels pretty frivolous for a bar that could really use the cash. Yeah, if you're <laughs> trying to save your bar, why are you buying a new suit? Yeah. Um, when Pasqua <laughs> went to collect on the other two policies only a few days after the death, the agent asked to see the body. Pasqua told them it had already been buried. Nice. That's a really good quick answer. <laughs> <laughs> so Pasqua had spared every expense in burying the body, <laughs> only spending $10 on a coffin, nice. $12 on a gravesite, which is a total of $22, which is $380 today. Pasqua hadn't bothered with embalming due to the cost, which was $5. $90, so like $90 today. <laughs> Buddy. Um, the insurance company opens an investigation. <laughs> can we also say you're like, can you believe he didn't involve? Yeah, I can believe he didn't treat the body with dignity. Yeah, oh, they, just wait. They shoved a tube down his throat to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So by this point, it's been six months since the life insurance policies have been taken out. Obviously, as I've mentioned before, it's the rumors are growing about this man. Sure. Um, so the police have heard about rumors of, quote, Mike the Durable across the nearby speakeasies. Upon learning about the death... I love that the police found out at the illegal bars about the attempt to kill them through the illegal substance. Nice. Cool. We love our criminal justice system. It'd be like the cops, I don't know, like selling drugs they seized in a crime back on the streets. (laughs) Certainly not something that happens today. No. (laughs) Keep it. I said what I said. (laughs) Grant's seen some shit, and I don't know what, and I'm scared Most of it's on BuzzFeed News. (laughs) Reliable. (laughs) Okay, so upon learning about the death of Mike the Durable, they called to have the body exhumed and examined. Nice. Um, This causes an investigation to ensue. The payout was so small, and investigations were underway, tensions between the murder trust were high. (laughs) As you can imagine. Um, On March 18th, tough Tony Bastone shot dead. By Joseph Maglione. Wait, has, is that one of the Tonys? <laughs> <laughs> Tough Tony is one of the Tonys, oh, yes. okay, cool, cool. Was Joseph Maglione one of the murder trusts, though? Yeah, so he's so one of the So now they're Tonys. just trying to winnow down the fraction. Apparently, yeah. Joseph Maglione was charged with the murder. Murphy was the witness. <laughs> Maglione may or may not have been a part of the murder trust and may have caused a disagreement with Tough Tony by knowing too much about their plot. Mm. So I guess Joseph Maglione was... It's kind of pretty classic yeah. Italian crime, I feel like, you know? It's like the episode of The Office where he's getting an insurance policy from that from that Italian guy, and they think it's, uh, like, the mafia trying to shake him down, but it's not the mafia. It's just a salesman. <laughs> just an Italian? Just yes! some good old-fashioned Italian hate crime? Yeah, I don't remember what the name of the guy was. Joseph Maglione. No, it wasn't. <laughs> There's a famous line, the last name of the guy trying to sell Michael the insurance policy is a famous name of like a crime boss. And the name... Capone? No, it's not. But okay. They changed like one of the consonants to an R. And Phyllis is like... yeah. <laughs> well, Phyllis is like, why would he change the last name? It weakens it. And Dwight goes, R is one of the most intimidating consonants. <laughs> That's why you call it murder, not muck duck. <laughs> Oh, I fuck with Muck Duck. That's hilarious. As a person who has never seen this episode of The Office. So good. <laughs> so good. On May 11th, the cause of death was determined as asphyxiation by carbon monoxide, and the murder trust was arrested the next day. <laughs> wah, wah. Honestly, the findings kind of feel like a formality. They're like, we're going to, whoever's still alive in this group of people is going to get arrested. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The very ironic thing, you remember I told you Pasqua didn't embalm the body? Yes. If Pasqua had embalmed the body, it would have removed all traces of the gas. Oh. They could have gotten away with it. They could have gotten away. And then what would we have? Not a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Michael Malloy. Thank you, Michael Malloy. Uh, but since he wasn't embalmed, the evidence of carbon monoxide was, was evident. Okay. And I bet also, if they had cremated him. Same thing. Yeah. You can't. Probably don't even have to bury him at that point. You should really <laughs> save money. 
So Pasqua's friend who filed the fraudulent death report was sentenced to three months for failing to report a suspicious death. Okay. I want the penalty for not reporting a suspicious death to be higher. But they don't get the money. Remember that too. That's fair, I guess. <laughs> so the real the real crime is the seven months they spend of their life up to this point to fail. <laughs> Or at least the seven months they've spent learning how not to kill how a person. How not to kill an alcoholic <laughs> from Ireland. Thank you, Thomas Edison. <laughs> <laughs> so Harry Green, the cab driver, evaded a larger charge by turning state's witness. Oh, nice. Was... I thought you were going to say by driving away. <laughs> <laughs> by escaping. Um, but still was sentenced to five to ten years for attempted murder. Wow. Yeah. The murder trust's main four members, Marino, Kreisberg, Murphy, and Pasqua, were tried and convicted of first-degree murder. They were each sentenced to die at Sing Sing. On June of 1934, they were put in the electric chair, which killed each of them on the first try. Wow. I love that little bit of, like, history footnote right there. I think that quote, um, which killed them all on the first try, was a quote from one of the newspapers that reported this. She's thinking- there was a lot of flair. My story has a little newspaper headline. A lot of flair back in the day. A lot of flair. Yeah. yeah. yeah they yeah, really yeah, yeah. were there for the theatrical. hundred percent. Yeah, I love it. Um, here's a quote from one of the people that was reporting on the case. Perhaps the grinning ghost of Mike Malloy was present in the Bronx County Courthouse. Because he was still alive. You cannot kill him. <laughs> this was all a ruse. He's like, well, my friends are here, but I didn't know what the theme was. No, he's dead at this point, and that is actually like a real tragedy. (laughs) And then this is the other quote from the Irish Post, if you remember he was Irish. So the next time you wake up half naked in a hedge after a heavy night with no idea how you got there, do us a favor and think of Mike. I mean, sound advice. (laughs) Absolutely. Okay. Um, The last part of my notes was a little chemistry lesson. Oh, fun. Yeah. I don't remember writing this. What's so. crazy? You don't remember writing? I've heard this before. Do not remember hearing it. I'm like, I, what are we about to learn? I don't remember writing these notes, so we're learning together. <laughs> methanol, wood alcohol is pure methanol. Okay. Ethylene glycol in antifreeze. And ethanol. So those are three different kinds of chemicals. They all utilize the same enzyme to break them down. This enzyme is called alcohol dehydrogenase, which is the same enzyme that breaks down regular alcohol when you're drinking in your body. Okay. The toxicity of methanol does not come from the methanol, but the formaldehyde, which is the result alcohol dehydrate. These words have so many syllables. Formaldehyde, that's what the three kings brought Jesus, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That was myrrh. Muckduck. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. That was... <laughs> so dumb. That was I'm so sorry. Funny. <laughs> that was so dumb. <laughs> mm. <laughs> So formaldehyde. <laughs> so the toxicity of methanol does not come from the methanol, but from the formaldehyde, which is a result of alcohol dehydrogenase metabolizing methanol. So it's breaking down the methanol uh, molecule. And one of the results is formaldehyde. Formaldehyde is then metabolized by formaldehyde dehydrogenase into formic acid. Formic acid is then converted um, by another enzyme and it just okay. keeps going until you end up with something that your body can use until you end up with wood liquor blindness yep okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the result of all of these metabolic processes is formic acid but sometimes some of these enzymes work faster than other enzymes and so if you have two enzymes that do two different things but they both use the same input you will get more product out of one enzyme than the other because they're competing for the same 
input, right? So formic acid is converted to CO2 in water by one enzyme, but there is another process that it can inhibit, which causes ocular toxicity, which is blindness. So that's how methanol causes blindness. Um, methanol poisoning causes a buildup of formic acid. Increased formic acid concentration is directly correlated to increased morbidity, so death. Patients who are experiencing methanol poisoning are treated using uh, intravenous ethanol or fomipizole. I don't know how to pronounce that word. Um, since ethanol and methanol are broken down using the same enzyme, this keeps your body from metabolizing as much as the methanol. So he was so drunk it saved him. Yes. See, for, a, for like a good two or three minutes there, it's like when you read a high... <laughs> high fantasy fiction novel and it's like and then they went to i'm like is this bit is it the same chemical is it the same enzyme but basically it was too drunk to die yep pour one out or pour one in pour one in for michael malloy yeah so if you're having methanol poisoning they will basically intravenous give you alcohol is what will happen to prevent you from going blind because Ethanol gets broken down. Oh, well, that's the headline, folks. Okay. <laughs> if you if you're looking for a good time, go to a hospital and say, I just had a bunch of wood liquor. And you're going to get an IV of booze straight to the arm. So it's believed in general that Malloy had so much ethanol in his body from, be from being drunk for most of his waking hours <laughs> that it kept his body from metabolizing the methanol he was being poisoned with. And that's the science of how Michael Malloy survived. Lived. I can't explain the shrapnel. Well, good for him. Good for us. Good for us. Uh, good, good to know. Yeah. And I'm feeling good about this episode. Yeah. Yes. I think we we lost some of our like fresh off the boat kind of uh, humor from the first time we recorded. Because he was Irish, is that why? Or us? Uh, our first time recording. <laughs> our a little fresh off the boat yeah. joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we know what we're doing and I can tell a more concise story <laughs> as a result. <laughs> Okay, well, we have uh, more stories ahead for you, and we hope that this has intrigued you enough to listen to them. Yep, and for the record, if this is your first time listening, we are a story-based podcast, yes. so every three weeks we adhere to the same kind of theme, and this, this first theme is 1920s era prohibition. See, that's what she told me after I came up with my story. I thought the theme was illegal drinking, so... Illegal drinking could also be the theme so like illegal drinking history um that's going to be our second story yeah. as well and then the third time that we record under the same theme will be a reddit uh, a reddit little maa maama ama nope am i the a um, you want to say it maya i think you have it. there we go <laughs> she has it and i'll get there but until then hopefully you laughed yep as we did we sure did. Well, yeah. I laughed. <laughs> Until next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.